Hello. Oh, wait. Uh, what in the hell? Uh, hello and welcome to WonderPod episode 235. Sorry, live audience. Um, for some reason, Mixlar is having an issue. It's live. It's Oh, it's live, but it's asking me for a title for the show and for everything else. And it's... Uh, it's it changed things. I updated it and it changed things. My brain can't handle it. Anyways, trust me, there's nobody in the audience that doesn't know what a freaking mess I am anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, hey, see, Olivia's there. Um, so it's back to three of us. Glacinator actually was able to tear himself away from finals long enough, so it's three of us this week, you lucky devils. Uh, joining me this week, as he always does, it's John. Hey, yo. Really? Razor Ramon? Uh, I don't know. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> hey, oh, we need to, we need to take care of something right off the top because I do believe, uh, I do believe we have some some betting to sort of wrap up with the second oh. to last show of the year. But also joining us, he's close to being an adult adult, meaning graduated from college and no goddamn clue what he's going to do next. It's Glacinator. Hello, uh, I'm here just because I'm procrastinating. So uh, <laughs> let's let's be honest. <laughs> you know, when you said you might show up, I wasn't going to say anything, but that was the first thing popped in my head was, what's he putting off? <laughs> what's what's he being like the bubonic plague? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. We got okay. So Glacinator is officially out of dates on the bat. Ooh. I am officially yeah. out of dates on the bat, but you still have to make it to December 25th. I was going to do Pacific time to make your life miserable, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, hey, well, they, paused well. Empire, they paused Empire Strikes Back for this mess. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, but but anyways, you still have to make it to December 25th and post a photo either in Facebook general stuff, Twitter, someplace where Bruce can see it. And Glacinator, so he doesn't demand a recount. <laughs> Whatever that is. <clears throat> now, is. I, w I have to admit, though, you guys do have a bit of a disadvantage in that I don't actually have a Wii U in the house to play it on. I thought about disqualifying you for that reason so I could be a cheap ass. Do we get extensions? No. No. It's it's it was a poorly constructed bet in the first place. And then uh and then to top on top of that you have the fact that I, I just I didn't really construct it all that well. Yeah. Yeah, the uh there was there was a moment of uh, of temptation when Peter and I played the Hyrule Warriors demo at the kiosk in at the Best Buy, after which I wanted to go home and play the real thing. Um, I didn't, but there was yeah, there was some temptation there. Yeah, I mean, I th I think if you I think I thought that the odds were in your favor. Let me put it like that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure, given, and then the Wii U broke, and I'm, I, that did cross my mind of, hey, wait a minute, is Wii U broke? Uh, which, 
you know, so, but eh. you still make it to December 25th. Are you going to get your Wii U back before Christmas? Well, it's currently en route to Nintendo Canada's spot in Ontario. So, and they, they promise a 10 day turnaround. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's hard to say. You might, depending on, uh, depend, uh, yeah, depending on the day it lands. Interesting story: <clears throat> the, the 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 Wii U being broken and being unsure about its return by Christmas has affected some of our our gift buying decisions uh, for uh, the game players in the house. Like, for example, uh, we uh, we bought uh, Disney Infinity for Peter for for Christmas, and um, so he has, you know, so we had to decide what system we were going to get it on. And, you know, part of me wanted to say, well, we should get it on Wii U because, you know, it'll be, you know, probably the best graphics of, of the three systems that I have. And it has the, the little sensor built into the pad. Though that being said, I don't know if it has its own, um, if it, ha- if you use the gamepad sensor or it's still, you still use the base, the same thing as you would have on any other system, but, I don't know. Part of me wanted to get it on Wii U, and uh, and then we had to change our minds and go 360 just in case that Peter didn't wake up on Christmas morning and couldn't even turn it on, um, which would have been a pretty big bummer. The Hyrule Warriors, if if we don't have it back in time, I may not. Well, maybe I'll. I'll I don't know how that'll work. If I, if I'll just wait, or if or if it'll be a present to open Christmas morning or not, but. We'll see, because it's it is kind of crummy to not be able to play it on a system that you waiting to return from repair. You know, it's one of those things of yeah, that kind of sucks. Oh yeah, you've got this, but you can't play it for two weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna. I I had uh, forgotten the part Pat said that yeah, both three percent wise, the three sixty and PS three outsold the Wii U. I couldn't nail down any more numbers than the than the uh, the percentages they had is, is that percentages increased over over previous uh, numbers or is that a percentage of the overall video game sold well I don't know where Pat saw it but the 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 site I finally tracked it down to was kind of more of a technical business blog they didn't explain super well what uh, see the one I saw was Black Friday and Cyber Monday Pat. Uh, was just both of those. It came out like on Wednesday. Somebody was pushing it around on Twitter, and then I didn't read whatever gaming blog covered it. I went and read the actual original article. Um, but it was... It's, it's like Pat saying there in the chat. Uh, statistics are, are, are still important, but they're infinitely workable. You know, if you need a... Yeah, I saw it on Joystick. Um, <laughs> That's where I backtracked it to. Um, the problem is, is, you know, statistics are workable. Where are these numbers coming from? Because, like, Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony will tell you that, or I've seen seen them say, uh, that the only thing they rely on is NPD. Who doesn't release their numbers to anybody but the companies? It's I, I'm a little more hesitant the more I see numbers shipped. 
like there was a headline yesterday and maybe early today that said the latest Pokemans shipped 7.7 million. And that, that immediately went out of my brain because as soon as it says shipped, that doesn't tell me how many were sold. Now, I think that the Pokemans current version, I don't remember what it's called. Glace, do you know what the current po- the, the Pokemans that just released, what their versions uh, are? Yeah. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Thank you, yeah. I bought one. <laughs> Um, I'm saying I have a lot of friends that are closeted Pokemon fans that I'm, I'm discovering. So <laughs> I have a lot of closet Pokemon fans. There are a lot of them. Uh, one of my friends is a super jock, like in the football and everything. And like he told me he picked it up the other day. Like I didn't even know he had a DS. <laughs> like yeah, I wanted to play Pokemon. I named one after I named one after you. So I was like, what? <laughs> okay, it's it's a phenomenon. Yeah, it it is. I mean, with with something like Pokemon, I think that's that is actually a pretty important distinction to make. I don't tend to sneer as much with numbers shipped when I see something like on uh, Call of Duty or Pokemon. Uh, it's newer franchises and hardware when I see the numbers shipped that tend to make me very suspicious or at least skeptical until I can find um you know, something more concrete on it. Uh, it, it, it really depends. So I guess we could do it, it kind of an abbreviated or, or kind of catch as catch can what we've been playing. Glace, have you been playing anything other than finals? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, Procrastinating for finals? Uh, last. Shia. Uh, no, uh, for Thanksgiving last week. Um, after Thanksgiving lunch or whatever that we had, uh, we the family went back to the house, and I was uh, all my brothers were home, and so we were online and we had deals uh, just to see what was going on, you know, get console deals. And I had I, I've mentioned on here that I've been looking at Wii U's, and if I had a chance to get one, I'd probably pick one up, uh, mostly for Smash Brothers for Zelda when that comes out. And so I'm online, I'm looking at the deals, and I see that Best Buy it has a bundle. Um, it was a the, Mario 3D World bundle that was like it was like fifty dollars off. Plus you get it comes with a Mario 3D World, obviously, and Smash Brothers and Donkey Kong Country uh, Jungle Freeze, I think. Um, I mean, so that was three games right there, plus Nintendo World, which already comes with the Wii U. Four games, and it was fifty dollars off plus other stuff. I'm like, hey, uh, this seems like a good deal. And I mean, all my brothers were home, so I thought it'd be nice to have something that we could all play at the same time when we were all there. And uh, we looked to see when the deal was going on sale, and it was at it was starting at like six thirty p.m. on Thanksgiving night. And we looked at the wa- at the clock, and it was like six o'clock. And I was like, huh, okay. And so we told her mom we were headed out, and we we didn't think we were going to pick it up at all. We just wanted to go see like how crazy the crowds were over at Best Buy. And so we drove over and there was no traffic at all. Uh, we get to Best Buy and all of a sudden the traffic starts to pick up. And we, I go find the last spot in the parking lot and there's already a bunch of people at the door. And right when we get to the door, they open the doors up and everyone runs in. And so we just follow in behind the crowd, like the last people's in, last people in. Go straight to the back where the games are because we knew where they were. And we ended up being the first in line uh, to get any, any, game, any video game sale that they have that night. 
So we're like, okay, yeah, we're going to pick up a Wii U, that bottle that you have on sale, plus uh, three uh, Wii U Pro controller. And like, okay, here we go. And then we walked out and then uh, went back home. And mom was like, oh, uh, so I guess it was too crowded, huh? Like, yep, I couldn't, there's too many people. And then we, we pull up a Wii U behind us, like, nope, we got it. So, I mean, the whole, the whole process took maybe 20 minutes. It was, it was kind of ridiculous how quick a transaction was. Um, so, I mean, needless to say, that's what I've been really all I've been playing this past. I mean, I haven't been playing it since Sunday because I'm back at school right now. But uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's pretty much all that we did. Um, on Friday, we had a, I had four friends come over or three friends come over. Uh, so we all played Smash Brothers, which was cool because it was me, my two brothers, and then uh, these three friends. So we, we had six people. And uh, so we got to try out the eight-player mode using six people. So we had three people in the pro controllers that we got. Uh, we had one, one person using my 3DS with the Smash Brothers 3DS game. Uh, we had one person using the tablet controller uh we had one person using uh we had a wiimote but uh my brother had also gotten what was it for the wii it had there's like the wii pro controller uh it's not a pro controller but it's like uh the uh the, you know what i'm the, talking about yeah the wii the classic controller i think so my brother got out for monster monster hunter so, I mean, it's like a normal controller, but sort of like, it's sort of a circular little bit, um, but it has a joystick and everything. I guess it's just a classic controller. But uh, so someone plugged that into Wiimote and we had that. So, I mean, everyone had, everyone had a controller and they, no one had to like get stuck with a bad Wiimote combination, which was nice. And uh, we basically just played six player Smash Brothers for, I don't know, like five hours. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a blast. I mean, it was, it was unusual just because in that type of setting with that many people around a TV, you usually have to sit out a match, you know, because you just have so many people. But I mean, everyone got to play the entire time. I mean, we had people even backing out because they were like, oh, I played games in a row. Like, I think I have to stop right now. But uh, I mean, you could keep going. So, I mean, we're probably going to pick up two more Wiimotes uh, Pro Controllers or something so we can have the full eight, eight player combo set up. But uh, I mean, Smash Brothers, it's, it's what you expect it would be. It's a lot of fun. Um, Eight-player mode is definitely probably the biggest improvement just because it's just crazy to play with that many people on the same screen. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I also really like co-op mode. Me and my brother started doing some of the classic modes and story modes using two people, uh, which is kind of boring. You do the same thing over and over again by yourself. It's kind of lonely. But it's nice to have someone else playing with you, you know, to get through the missions. Um, I wish I could say more about it, but really we just played Smash the entire time. For I mean, in Smash Brothers, just played the Smash fighting stuff. Uh, we did try out that board game mode. Uh, interesting idea, but it seems a little shoehorned in. Um, maybe they'll update it. Uh, I, I wasn't that crazy about it. Um, still have, we still have to unlock Duck Hunt Dog, and then we'll have everyone, uh, <laughs> everyone unlocked. Um, I started making a few Mii Fighters. Uh, I put in all the people from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in. So I have Charlie Mack and Frank played by Danny DeVito and Dee and uh, Dennis. So they're all, they're all fighters. Um, I put Shrek in there <laughs> just because it's Shrek. Uh, I don't know, good stuff. Um, we also played a lot of Mario 3D World. 
Uh, and so that's only four players though. So one of my, two of my friends didn't play, but uh, that, that, that game of four people was just chaotic. Uh, them levels, any of the levels where the screen automatically side scrolls for you are pretty much impossible to do <laughs> with four people. People are just flying around all over the place. Um, what else? Uh, I will say that the game is really easy. I mean, it's hard that you die a lot, but there's not really any penalties for dying. Uh, if you lose too many lives, the game will give you five lives for free. If everyone loses all their lives, you automatically get 25 lives. Uh, if you can't complete a level three times in a row, then it'll give you the golden Tanuki suit. Uh, I talked about this sort of in my original write-up for the 3D World for the 3DS when that came out, about how that was kind of easy. Uh, I mean, I wish there was a little bit more penalizing going on, but I mean, it's... It's more or less a kid's game, so I can't really complain about it too much. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I played maybe three or four levels of Donkey Kong. Uh, I didn't really like the 3DS version that much that I have, but I mean, it's nice to be able to actually play on a big screen <laughs> compared to the 3DS, so I can actually see what the heck is happening. Um, so, I mean, we played, I played that co-op as well. I mean, the main reason why I picked Wii U at the end of the day is because these are all co games that I could do. And I was sort of tired playing by myself on my 360, and I think my brother was tired playing by himself on the Xbox One. It's just nice to be able to have a game that's split screen, you know, for, for once. There's, there's really not that many games out there that do that anymore. Um, so did a little bit of Nintendo World, and I will say Nintendo World is hard. That is a hard game. Those mini games are difficult. You think you think going into it, it's a it's a kitty game because you have like all, all those little confetti falls down and you're like you're your little me running around. And there's like a train, do do do. Welcome to Nintendo World where everything is happy. And then you like you go in to try a game, game and just it's, it's terrible. It's like demolishes you. And just you came and get past the first two minutes surviving in the F Zero race. Uh, I, I doubt I will ever complete these these mini games. They're, they're so difficult. Uh, I, I almost, I almost got mad and threw the the pad controller playing that uh, Donkey Kong Tilt game. Uh, yeah, that one, that one's rough. Yeah, you basically there's little Donkey Kong thing on wheels, and you tilt the pad, and it's like the environment tilts, and you have to like get the Donkey Kong rolly thing to the bottom of the level. And if you tilt too much, it's gonna fly off and kill it. And, and just a little, the slightest thing. Is, oh, I'm so impatient playing it. It just makes me want to. Oh, yeah, that game is not for kids. It looks like it's for kids, but it's not. It, it will make it will make you squirm with how difficult it is. But uh, I think that's all I played with the Wii U. I think. Yeah, I I talked enough. I'll shut up now. But I, I like it. So uh, if you have one, go ahead and add me. Um, I'm e I'm either Glazinator, like I am on here, or I'm CMDG Daniel. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is, but yeah, I'm having fun with it. Well, I'm 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 glad you got one, and uh, you know, I was I was hoping you would enjoy uh, you know the game, whatever games you would get with it. I was hoping you'd enjoy them because you know I, I've been I've been talking about the Wii U a lot on on this show, and it's cool to have someone else to. Uh, to back up my claims a bit, you're, you're right about Mario 3D Land. It's uh, it's not that difficult, but it's fun. Like it's it's one of those. It's kind of like, or 3D World. Sorry, like uh, it's like 3D Land on, on 3DS, where it was. It's not like it's gonna really tax you until you get to the, the later levels or the um, or the. Uh, wow, someone's typing really loudly. <laughs> Who's that? That was me. I forgot I was on mute. My apologies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, someone was yeah. slamming your fist. 
anyway, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not it's not difficult, but it's but it's fun, it's satisfying too. You know, trying to find all the all the coins in each. Or the, the, I'm sorry, the, the the green stars in each level and stuff uh, is pretty fun. And and then you, when you yeah, get to I the mean, later, you gotta do that. I mean, yeah. if you if you don't get to go for the green stars, it's like it's too too easy. I mean, I couldn't even imagine playing by myself just because I, I feel like I'd steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the um, and the later levels, when you, the later levels you get are I have to play difficult. with other people, like handicap myself. <laughs> you handicap yourself? Yeah. How how many special worlds are? There? Sorry. How how many special worlds are there? Is just one special? Oh, world? it's like um, it's one special world with like three tiers. That I've that I've gotten through so far. Okay. There, there, there may be more than that, but there's a th- yeah. It it just keeps going. I was I was surprised at how many there were, but how many different levels? Yeah, that's a good game. And Donkey Kong Country Returns or the sorry Tropical Freeze, whatever. It's uh, playing that co-op is rough because it's unless you're both on on, a, on an equal footing in terms of your ability, like, you know, leaving someone behind is really and it's and it's uh, it's not quite as easy as just pressing A to turn to a bubble and, and back up again, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting how you can pick up the other person in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're playing as Donkey Kong, you can pick up Diddy, and then yeah. Diddy has that extra boost on his back, mm-hmm. you know, so you can jump farther. But yeah, you're right. You definitely have to be at the same skill level. And I was playing with my brother who knew what he was doing. I, mean, I can't imagine like playing with, I know, like with which one. That might be a little difficult. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, Peter enjoyed it for a little while, but it ended up getting yeah. kind of frustrating for him. I mean, it's a tough game anyway, right? So, yeah. A uh, couple things. One, I love Logitech keyboards, but they are loud. That is not pounding. That's just me typing really fast. With this particular Logitech keyboard that I love, it's always fucking loud. And I didn't realize how loud until Agent K pointed out to me. Two, let's go back super quick to that uh, thing we opened the show with, the Xbox console thing. Mm-hmm. This is from the InfoScout blog, and I'd heard of them before. They uh, Nothing's perfectly scientific, and it never will be, but they actually take the time to uh, take uh, actual somewhat scientific data into account. You can go to the bottom of the page, and it tells you how they collected the data. It tells you... Uh, that they got a that their info scout panelists submitted 180k plus so 180,000 plus receipts over the course of Black Friday. It was only Black Friday. I was wrong. Of the 180,000 receipts submitted, 2,000 included a game games related purchase. The data included purchases at all major brick and mortar retailers carrying electronics, including Walmart, Target, Best Buy, GameStop, Radio Shack, and others. For more information related to our data and representation, visit our data page. So they actually have people submit photos. It's all app-based now. Um, You know, so this is a small sample size, and it's by no means hugely scientific. But what they came up with, and what they're calling market share, I guess, market share is not the correct term. But what they, uh, you know, basically... It's the the percentage of the market that their InfoScout panelists bought. And so with that in mind, the Xbox One came in number one with 53% share. The PS4 came in number two with 31% share. 
The Xbox 360 came in with at number three with 9% share. The Wii U came in at number four with 6% share. And then the PS3 actually came in last with 1% share. Now, one of the sarcastic commenters in the gaming blog I got this from, which was actually something called Nintendo News, uh, they said that the Xbox 360 is 99 bucks now, which I think there is that skew with just the onboard memory, you know, like the, the four gigs of not even yeah. hard drive that is 99 bucks. Uh, but I guess my whole point in this and why I interrupted what we've been playing with it so we get to it fresh was, first off, I was stunned it was still in my internet browser history, along with a lot of porn. But uh, two, that at least this has some kind of backing. Um, I'll, I'll post the link with, since the stupid WhatsApp chat, or WhatsApp, the stupid uh, chat probably won't let me post it again like the last version of it. Uh, but at least it has some scientific or at least some uh, polling basis behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think in the grand scheme of things it means diddly squat. Let's see if it does. Yeah, well, maybe you can cut and paste. No, you can't cut and paste. Makes me suck. Um, so, anyway. Uh, I think I'll go next, John, because it's just going to be super quick. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Dragon Age, really all I've been playing outside of the... What did we call it? The Wheel of Misfortune Survivor Series with Agent K, I think is the name him and I came up with when we were playing Minecraft yesterday. <laughs> um... But, but other than the, that particular series, which is never-ending, uh, I've just been playing more Dragon Age, and it's pretty hard on my PC, which is a little surprising. I think EA probably should have looked into some memory leak issues and may eventually patch out some. Past that, it's definitely an 80- to 100-hour game. I'm playing it on easy because I just want to get the story. I'm not interested in a challenge much these days with rpgs um i'll play it on normal at times you know rpgs that is but uh, but it's it they have done a, a superb job with it that's really all i need to say as we start to head towards the close of an, another year wonder pod is they did a superb job with it i was really leery even after reading good reviews that i was getting sucked into again another mess of Dragon Age after the first one. Um, I'll reiterate what I said two weeks ago, that you don't need to um, have played the first two. Roger, it was on sale during the Black Friday sales, but I saw it for no more than 25% off. One thing I will caution listeners and the audience about is you do need to have origin for it, EA's origin. I can say that I have had zero issue with Origin, other than it's another damn account I gotta remember a password for. Uh, it's booted up fine, it's played fine, it's updated fine. It, you know, I've had no issues with Origin running. Uh, yeah, you can get it on Amazon, Roger, but as far as I know from the reading I did before I just went ahead and purchased it for Origin, you have to have an Origin account no matter what. Because every time I double click the uh, Dragon Age Inquisition desktop shortcut, it fires up Origin. So they pretty much hard-locked it into that. Which, like I said, it's a nuisance that we have to have this many digital platforms. 
Again, mostly because I have to remember passwords. But truthfully, it's not been that big a deal. I know it's EA evil, but uh, the game is, like I said, superb. I, I could probably finish the game right now at the level I'm at, at the point in the story I'm at, at about 45 hours in, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to go John Kehoe approved completionist because there's some stuff that I don't have the patience for. Uh, that was my problem, Roger. I had the account. I just couldn't remember the password. And then in my uh, in my record keeping on my in my uh, email account, I found I had reset my origin password about three times <laughs> because every time I decide to play a game, mostly Star Wars, the Star Wars MMO, I don't remember what the password is. Uh, anyway, but there's there's some stuff, little side mini game things. This one kind of puzzle thing that it's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That looks too much like work. That's that's making me think, and that's not why I'm playing this game. <laughs> There's one particular mini game, but for the most part, you know, I, about the only other thing I will tell you if you're going to try Dragon Age Inquisition, last thing, is stay well leveled up. Do not get behind, <laughs> because it will bite you in the ass. I thankfully remembered that I got too far ahead of myself in the original Dragon Age Inquisition um, and had to do some serious grinding to level. You don't have to grind if you if you stick with doing a few side quests here and there along with the story quests. And it's pretty simple to do that. They give you plenty of opportunities to help out your party, which I think they did in the original Dragon Age too, the, the, the first one. That really doesn't even feel like you're gone and done. Side quests. Uh-oh. We lost the Glacinator. Glacinator down. Um, but, yeah. Other Dragon Age. I was gifted a copy of the Forest and other survival co-op game by Agent K. I played it for about five minutes and went, yeah, he gifted me this so we could play co-op. I'm not going to play it until he wants to. <laughs> so I haven't even played it yet. That one actually looks kind of interesting, though. I'm not getting tired of the survival build craft genre by a long shot, but I, I could see myself sticking with just the ones I've got and rotating through them when I feel like playing them or when they do big updates. So that's all I've been playing. So, John, other than sending electronics back to various companies, hmm. what have you been playing? Well, uh, I, I will add that I had another... another uh falling out with an electronics my my 46 inch samsung decided to display uh, its blacks as purples and greens so the, the my my big tv has also gone to the shop uh, so that's made me either pick up my 3ds or um, maybe play a steam game I, I didn't really find something to settle on but i what well, i did settle on a question uh, before yeah. you, before you roll into that this is an actual uh, honest to god question is it actually feasible to repair TVs in this day and age <laughs> yes sir um that's cool I'm, that's why i'm asking it's like it's cool if it is but a lot of times it's so expensive to repair them well i mean i mean there is a cap on how much i'm willing to spend All right. to, uh, to get a repair i mean you you weigh the repair versus replace right um and that being said the tv busted up it was a week before, five days before Black Friday. So 
uh, I, I did some calling around during the week to see what I could, you know, locally uh, who could help me out. And I, I looked online on, on Google and YouTube and stuff trying to find some things that I could try on my own. And the various things that I tried didn't didn't pan out. Um, but I ended up getting, I'm able to get it fixed for about a hundred bucks um, based on what this one guy is offering. Uh, unless he has to buy a board new. If it's new, if it's new, it'll cost like 180. But but I mean, I was looking around at equivalent TVs, uh, whether they're LCD or LED, and I, I wasn't seeing anything below $500. Um, real, I mean, unless it was like Sarny brand or something. But the 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 you know, I I figured for a hundred bucks, I'll I'll see if I can get some more time out of this one. If it doesn't, I mean, and and if you and if you can't get it to work, I'm not I'm not obligated to pay them either. So I mean, if, I, if worst comes to worst, I'll just get a new TV. Um, but anyway, so no, that's the reason I asked is like you know I use anywhere between twenty two and twenty four inch monitors for my for this setup, mm -hmm. and if they go out, you just throw them away. I do have a yeah. thirty two inch TV too, but but that 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 I I wonder if that's even big enough. I could find somebody around here to fix it cheap yeah. cheap enough. That's cool though. If the guy gets it fixed, I mean, you just pop a board into it. Well, that, that that's what I'm that's what I'm banking on and hoping for. I mean, I mean the, the the big TV in our rec room is the one that's is for it's the family television. You know, you can sit at the back of the room and it's it's nice and big. And when we have pay per views and stuff, people come over. It's it's a great TV to to watch wrestling on and stuff. So I didn't I didn't really want to downsize my TV. I mean, if I if I have to in the end, fine. But you know, if I can get this one fixed for cheap, then I'll go for it. Um, so in the meantime, like I was saying. Um, with no Wii U and no way to play my PS3 and Xbox um, at the moment, because I mean we, we've tried some things. I mean, depending on the depending on what's being outputted, it doesn't look too bad. Like um, if there was lots of colors, you were good. But if there were a lot of shadows, it looked like total diarrhea dog shit. So I ended up uh, for the pay per view last weekend. We ended up bringing in Wanda's uh, smaller TV from the other room and putting it on a on a, on a table. And, and watching it on that, which was which was fine. I, I still would have preferred the bigger TV, but um, you know, but that TV that TV hasn't come out of that room very much. It's, it's in there now, and um, and one day the I think it was on Sunday or whatever it was, Wanda was you know browsing through the demos of Peter because he had something to play, and so we didn't want to buy anything really. So he, he had a couple of demos of things, uh, but what she did end up, he he somehow he. In watching his various Ghostbusters like clip videos or on YouTube and stuff, he came across Ghostbusters a video game. Someone playing a Let's Play or somebody cut together all the all the cutscenes into sort of like a little mini movie deal. And so he started asking about that. <clears throat> and so we, 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 you know, he was asking about the game, and we started looking into it. And it's, it's rated PG, uh, not PG, but T for Teen. Um, I, pl I played it before a couple of years ago uh, when it first came. I rented it for my Xbox and you know, played through the whole game. And I remember it being, you know, there was some uh, like scaryish parts, maybe, but not that scary, really. You know, it was pretty tame. So we ended up getting it. Wanda got it. Uh, she bought it using her money on uh, on her Xbox Live account that's been sitting there for two years. <laughs> so that the the, the the digital download version. And so Peter and I have been playing it together uh, on her TV and Xbox. And uh, he he likes it a lot. Uh, it, it 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 took him like it, it, 
the gameplay of the game, I'll say, is it's almost like uh, Gears Busters, if you will. Like it's like a th- over-the-shoulder third-person perspective, uh, where you're you know you're taking down ghosts and waves of enemies and stuff. It, it it's not, though it, it doesn't I mean, it doesn't go into any kind of a almost first person like like directly over the shoulder when you like when you aim down the sights uh, in gears and there's no there's no ducking behind cover there's no cover system really uh, you know in that way but you know so it's a, it maybe is a little bit more like dead space without the without the scares so to speak like a combination of the two if if anyone's played dead space I, I know I've talked about it before and. Uh, and we're playing it on casual, so it's not hard. You know, we're just getting through. Uh, but that being said, this is Peter's first foray, really, into sort of a a, two, a double stick uh, scenario where he has to aim with one stick and walk around, and, you know, look around with one stick and and really, you know, walk around with the other. And it took him a couple of days to get used to it, but you know, he's pretty good now. Um, you know, like I remember, there's times where I've given Peter a controller just to muck around. I think I gave, and, and like I should, I should back up a little bit because there's also a part in Ghostbusters where you have a first-person perspective when you use the PKE meter and to walk and look around and scan things and try to pick up paranormal uh, or uh, cursed objects or you know um, clues and stuff. And he's gotten pretty good with the first-person camera with two sticks. I, I know. I remember one time I gave it to him for Portal. Uh, we sat down and played it for a bit just to try something new because I was sick of Costume Quest, I believe, at the time. And uh, you know, just like you know, a lot of people who are inexperienced with with twin-stick uh, first-person shooter, you know, they're looking all the way up or looking all the way down. You know, he kind of got the knack of that stuff pretty quick, which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was quickly reminded of of a conversation I had with a guy in a comic book store in in uh, in New Brunswick one time, and uh, he, and, the, and the guy who ran the comic book store, we were talking about video games and, and and playing with our kids. And at the time, Peter was too young, and I said, I can't wait to play, you know start playing a few games with him. And he goes, Yeah, I'm, I I I play video games with my with my ten year old daughter. She is my uh, she's my she's my my. Uh, Permanent cover fire. <laughs> so I can see you now down the road when Peter's old enough, maybe he'll 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 back me up a bit. Um, but Ghostbusters itself is it's a pretty good game. Uh, I think it's kind of underrated. I mean, it's a it's one of those franchise games or uh, licensed games that's actually pretty decent. Like gameplay wise, it's solid. There's there's not a lot of frustrations. Um, I remember playing it on a harder difficulty and getting knocked down a lot. Um, and if someone doesn't come revive you, like in Gears, then you know the game, the thing is over. But it's a long time to reload the level for some reason. You don't spawn very quickly. I remember that being annoying. But since we're playing on casual, it's kind of plowing right through. I think I think we're maybe about a, a, a less than an hour away from finishing the game at this point. And uh, and Peter enjoys it. Uh, the, you know the music is fine. It's, it's and it's all and it's, and it's actually voice acted by all the original guys from the from from Ghostbusters the movie. You know, uh, Harold Ramis is in it, Dan Aykroyd. I'm pretty sure it's actually Bill Murray in there. Um, the script is not bad. It's not. It's not. It's not super great. Like there's parts that are good, but it's nice to have the original voices in it. Uh, you know, adds a little authenticity. I wouldn't call it Ghostbusters three in video game form, but it's it's pretty decent because you you don't play as one of the one of the original four. You play as uh, the rookie who's in to 
use the, the new experimental um, equipment and learn the ropes because things are getting pretty busy in New York City, of course. And, you know, it's good. Um, if you know, I'm sure you could get it cheaper than we got it on the on the games on demand thing. I'm sure you could get it for five bucks if you can, if you can, if you can uh, look around. Um, but I would recommend it. You know, to just a it's not a bad way to spend a few hours. So that's what I've mostly been playing. I'm watching a lot of TV and uh, um, like Netflix and stuff. And I guess we'll get into that later. Uh, it's kind of funny. I guess we've lost Glacinator completely. And I love when Skype likes to scare the ever loving bejesus out of me by giving me the. How was the quality of your call thing? And we're still talking. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I've actually been watching a lot of Netflix, too. And and I think we can kind of intertwine that conversation with the conversation that we want to have about, or that we're going to have about Star Wars. Uh, okay. We'll see if Glace gets back. But... How about you give the audience, who I think Pat's still there. Pat always disappears out of my chat window. Uh, what you thought of it, but then there's some stuff I want to just talk about around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did you think of the, I don't even know how long it was. For the record, I have not watched it. I have not watched the Rick Roll ones, the fake ones. I have not watched another cheap shot at George Lucas. You know the guy that made the movies in the first place, so you could actually be making cheap shots at him. Uh, some of which he deserves, no doubt. But still. Uh, I just don't care. I said it on Twitter. I don't know if you saw my long enough rant on Twitter, John, but... Oh, oh, no, I missed it. I just basically... Give me a goddamn movie. Yeah. And and, and I, I'm... I have no fear of getting you know, too hyped for it. I have no fear uh, of it being worse than the trailers. Uh, I, I, I just, I want a goddamn movie to go watch. Simple as that. So I agree. What did you, what did you think of the, of the teaser? Uh, I I thought it was, I thought it was fine. You know, it's a teaser. It did. It really didn't reveal much. Uh, You know, there are a few things that you can infer from it, but, to, you know, it, it didn't reveal any plot points. It just showed basically two or three second shots of different things. Like, um, um, I, I, we'll get into it, but there's the, the opening shot of the of the of the black stormtrooper, you know, a, a black person, uh, black man, uh, as, a, as a, and he's not the the clone guy who would the the, the Django Fett guy, that guy who was supposedly a clone to be all the all the stormtroopers. It's not him. So, you know. To me, I, th- I thought that was an int- a great opening shot because uh, it just tells me that the status quo is not so. Uh, it's it's it, things are going to be different, familiar yet different, which is fine by me. Um, but then, like there were shots of a draw of a droid that looked like a like an R two D two on top of a soccer ball almost, and then there was another one that was uh, a shot of, of of presumably the villain, the main Sith villain who had this. Uh, crazy, crazy lightsaber, and we'll, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a minute. Um, there were, sh- and then of course, you know, the, the, and then there was a voice, you know, a very uh, dark voice, talking about how there's been an awakening, the the dark side and the light, and then the dark side is that guy, you know, the the enemy and the 
the Sith in the in the woods uh, with the, with the light with the with the, with the lightsaber, and then of course there's the like the money shot of the Millennium Falcon soaring through, uh, you know, the sky with a couple of Tie fighters shooting a few you know shots at him, and that's it. I mean, I think there might have been some shot of some X wings flying through where, um, but again, it really didn't show, didn't re- reveal anything, and but it, it it lends itself to the people who want to read to what they're seeing and, and, and what that means and what it could be. And, and you know, that, that, that stuff can get overblown, but it can also be fun if it doesn't get out of hand. Well, that's was my problem when I broached talking about this to you. Mm-hmm. Actually before that is I really want to make fun of people's overreactions and overanalyzation and all that. And then yeah. somebody, actually to somebody's that I really like and admire and respect have kind of gotten into that. Not badly. And that kind of woke me up to the fact that some of these people aren't being chin beards. You know, or neck beards. You know. (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. And so I decided that my tact should not be to make fun of everybody overanalyzing it. Because it's not fair to a much larger group than I thought previously. However, (laughs) I have said it and said it and said it and said it. And until this movie comes out, I'm going to keep saying it and saying it. So I don't even have to say I told you so. If this movie is not 1,000% perfect, they're fucked. (laughs) Not... not, Not passionate, gentle, fucked either. Like, dumpster fucked. Like, just bent over in a dumpster by a hobo. Because, <laughs> how long was that How long was that teaser? Oh, it was a minute, minute and a half tops. Like, it, wasn't, it was just enough to... And I have seen nothing but still shots and overanalyzation and screaming re-edit threads over a minute and 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. I couldn't in a minute and 50 seconds, make anything offensive enough. Okay, yeah, I could. Me, completely naked. Never mind, scratch that. It'd be really difficult for me to publish something a minute and 50 seconds long that would be that that torn apart from all sides. Just dissected, yeah. Interestingly, because it's so shoved in your face eventually, like I held out until Wednesday on the, 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 the new lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Our audience listening live tonight and to be listening tomorrow to the other points uh, is probably not going to be shocked when I say I thought the damn thing was cool. But that's because I like variety. I, and I, I've always felt that in bladed weapons, whether they're energy or steel, variety is okay. You know, you don't see just one kind of sword in a Western fantasy RPG or in a JRPG. You know, so the fact that this Sith Lord has a, what I'm assuming is a Lord, again, that's that's the other crazy thing. I legitimately have not seen that teaser, yet I know pretty much everything you talked about. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to watch it. Uh, this Swiss Army lightsaber. 
you know, I, I I have no issue with that with the, with that lightsaber. I have no issue with there being variations in lightsabers. Uh, I, I I guess if you were going to go at it as a tyrannical canonist, can't believe I got that out of my mouth, given how I normally speak. Yeah, the uh, the there is something to be said for they're all the same, so that the Jedi are you know disciplined and. There's no showing uh, individuality and yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Maybe. But I didn't see a huge issue with the lightsaber. No. I mean, you know, if anyone, if anyone hasn't seen it out there, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a your normal red lightsaber, the, the, the blade, if you will, looked a little longer than normal. And then, but then at the hilt there, there were two small... Uh, um, um, not parallel, perpendicular uh, beams that would come out. They're guards, essentially. They're guards, yeah. Like on a side, you have those two guards that guard your hand. Yeah, or like a, a long sword, you often see them have a, have a, have the guards there. Yeah, for but, yeah, on the pommel or on, not on the pommel, but on the on the hilt itself. Yeah, it's yeah. essentially some people are talented enough or were talented enough to use them as a bash mechanism, but they're generally to protect your hand. Right, and and, and the, the best the best uh, observation about that that I saw someone post was, they said like, you know, in the other movies, Luke got his hand cut off, and Vader got his hand cut off, and you know there was no hand protection, and so this one at the very least offers hand protection. Like whoever this person is, maybe knows that 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 happens to people who use lightsabers. <laughs> they get their arms lopped off. At the wrist. Well, that was kind of my thing, was the A, hand protection. But uh, Pat brought up also a very good point of when you play a lot of the RPGs, which I guess they're are no longer part of the canon for this new and brave Star Wars universe, you don't build your lightsaber correctly the first time in a lot of cases, or you have the opportunity not to, you know, and you can find things to upgrade your lightsaber that may not last, you know, or may prove to, to destroy faster or blow up. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like out of all the uh, analyzation and overanalyzation I've seen, that that it's an unstable lightsaber. Which, if you're gonna play the analyze game, infers that perhaps the owner isn't that stable either. Yeah, there are ways you can use weaponry, armor, accessories of that type to denote parts of a character, mm -hmm. and I like explorations like that. Excalibur is the most easy go-to example you know pull the sword from the stone you become the king of swaziland yes i actually know what he becomes king of there's no funny in that uh and swaziland's fun to say uh you know and so that aspect of it i that's where when people went sideways in a way that i'm just like really you know, it's it's actually a somewhat fun exercise, like you talked about or said, to look at it from a point of view of 
what does that bring to the character, so on and so forth. Yet people are just shitting ape fur that it's, you know, not the correct way. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I have no problem with, with them trying some things that are that are new. I, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, um, the guy who did the What If Episode 1 Was Good videos... You know, he was talking about the film, the the first uh, trilogy, the, the 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 newer trilogy, and saying that you know, you need to have if you're going to make a sequel, if you're going to make a prequel, you want things to be familiar, yet different, and ha- you know, y- you want to be comfortable in the space and yet be able to explore new ideas and 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 new places, and and uh, you know, if if the teaser showed me anything, is it that it's that that's a possible thing for this film but that's quite literally a double-edged sword no pun, no pun intended that to my mind just opens you up to ridicule and 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 anger from the fans because you're not going to do it the way they wouldn't do it it's the mass effect 3 ending or the 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 you know the prequels all over again i mean as ridiculous as they are in co- context to what people believe about the star wars universe think about it something is simple and i guarantee you in a in a writers room that's the way they looked at it or in lucas's head something as simple as midichlorians mhm just drove half of the internet over the edge like lemmings off a cliff. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, it kind of drove me a little bit crazy. but I I, I, I didn't go blast the internet about it because it was, you know, 1990, whatever it was. <laughs> but, but, uh... But there yeah. were. No, it was later than that. It, I, I recall seeing stuff about it on the internet. Um, I think I had it in it. I'll look it up here in a minute. Are you back, young Glacinator? Hello? Alright, start talking if you ever get back. Um, I, I think so. Yeah, you're turning out a little bit. You're here. Have you seen the Star Wars teaser du jour? One minute and 50 seconds. Hello? Six days of fucking bitching. Oh, wow, that dorm's internet blows goats. Okay, he's not here. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> um, the black stormtrooper thing. I mean, I know there, there, there are no doubt racist dickbags um, that got just their knickers in a twist about it because they are racist dickbags who should be punched in the face until it stops being funny to me. But I wonder how many of those people that complained about that weren't, didn't intend to be racist, probably aren't racist in their daily lives. They just got lumped in because perception is reality too often. You know, I, I wonder where that breaks down. Part of me does. It's not really something, John, if you don't want to, we don't have to discuss here. Discussed? Discuss here. <laughs> Because it's more of a politics thing and a societal thing. Mm-hmm. But I do have my questions about how many of those are legitimate d- 
dickbag racists and how many of them are Star Wars nerds who were Sheldon Coopering it. That, that, that you mean the people who the, the, mean the people who complained that that uh, he's not a clone, right? And then are the same people who complained that all the clone all all of them were the same guy, and then the and, the, and they complained that they edited that guy's vo- like the the uh, Django Fett's voice into the other trilogy into the old trilogy, right? Right. But that's a yeah. that's a really touchy area you can't go for. You just can't. Whether whether your whether your assertions are not race based, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but that also just shoves to the top of the you know, to the top of my mind that people who probably intended no offense are throwing a fit about that. He's one storm clone trooper. I'm going to say both because God only knows what they're going to end up calling him. That looked like, you know, that looked like the standard, uh, Jedi stormtrooper armor from the stills I've seen. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it was was pretty close to being the standard fair. There's a small tweak to the design, but, but it's yeah, they're they're stormtroopers. So I don't. I I think that that people have a right to be outraged. That, All right with that. What the hell was that? That was my phone. I oh, don't worry uh, about it. Mine does. Give me a no- notification. Sorry about that. I yeah, don't worry about it. Mine does it, and I was pounding on my keyboard earlier, so we're good. Um, I think Glacinator's just lost all control of the ship over there, so he's probably out. Uh, but I think it's just uh. Roger and and Pat in the audience, which is absolutely fine. Uh, anyway, but I, I I'm not going to tell people not to be outraged by people getting their knickers in a twist over over a black stormtrooper. You want to be outraged and call it racist? That's fine. I I, I just don't think that 100 percent of the people outrage or one of the people yeah 100 percent of the people. Uh, bitching about that are it, because it's an African-American dude. I think it's more Star Wars nerds gone wrong. Yeah. Change. <laughs> yeah. And and that is where we can kind of roll into the Netflix discussion. Mm-hmm. I have talked a lot about how I, the question I most often get asked is, is do I hate the Big Bang Theory? The TV show. And I always say no, but I've never watched it. And so once I saw this kind of meltdown of, uh, you know, or, or feedback of this Star Wars trailer, I'm, something clicked in my head that maybe I should shotgun as many episodes of the Big Bang Theory as I can get just to see specifically what the deal here is. And so I have watched basically the first seven seasons. And I can tell you that it's pretty standard sitcom writing. And I can also tell you that it's entertaining at times. There's times where it's a little too awkward and a little little too jug, jug, jug. <laughs> a little too, uh, you know, I don't know, squirmy for me. But I still believe what I believed a long time ago about it. That... <laughs> A lot of nerds' biggest problem with that 
is there that TV show is showing a lot of real life people personality types. <laughs> in fact, in January, when I see my buddy that you occasionally see Facebook photos of, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, I'm going to punch him, even though he can kick my ass because he called me Sheldon Cooper. And now I know what that means. <laughs> I like girls. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that I have, I do have some Sheldon tendencies. I'm not going to deny that, but <laughs> I sure as hell am not pouring myself into work in the internet to the point of ignoring women. Are you out of your mind? Uh, but but that was really the catalyst for it, was all this Star Wars nerd stuff. And to see those guys, you know, and, and the different character personalities that they have on that show. The, the, the nerd guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much know one of every personality type that's portrayed on that show. Is it a little stereotypical and not a hundred percent accurate? Yeah. But it's probably high 90%, high 90, 91% accurate. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There, there, there is some accuracy there. I mean, they, they take the, they take the, 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 like you say, the stereotypes and, and jack them up to 11, whatever, but they, uh, there, there are some, Striking similarities with 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 those guys and some of the some folks that I know, for sure. Yeah, the, some of the, and I mean that's the thing of sitcoms. You have to have interpersonal relationships in sitcoms. You know, and I I I think after I watched those seasons, I went and looked up something. I went and looked up a cast interview and and. I actually found an interview with just the writers and Chuck Lorre who created the show or who's the produce, you know, the, basically the producer behind it. And he's created a lot of shows. They talked about how one idea was girl, woman moves to big city from a small town. And the other side was a bunch of computer programmers that this writer knew in 1985 in New York and they kind of smashed it together. But Chuck Lorre said something interesting that I wanted to bring up here on this show. He said he didn't want it to be about software guys, Microsoft-type guys, because that's too much about money, making the next Todd app, making money off of this. He said that's going to mess up the dynamic, so let's make them scientists. And he's absolutely right if you think about it. You know, computer programmers... That they're a different animal than physicists and engineers. And <laughs> I mean, I uh, I actually enjoyed some of the some of the uh, the science jokes that would that come along on that show. It was, uh, I mean, there, there, there's obviously the, the you know the nerdy stuff, the the geek, the geek pop culture stuff, but some of the uh, they kind of got away from it a little bit in later seasons, I believe. But yeah, they did. In the, in those early seasons, I did kind of enjoy the you know. some of the physics uh, humor that they would use. Well, physics is interesting to me, but it's in a lot of ways like economics. I think physicists and some hard science people, you know, the more hard, not hard as in difficulty of learning, but the, but the more really equation and theory driven sciences, they like to make it, more complicated than it is 
they don't want the common man to understand it. <laughs> you know, which is in a lot of ways how big business confuses the, <laughs> the peasants by making economics seem like rocket science. You know, but I have just enough physics and, and chemistry knowledge and geology knowledge and all kinds of different, you know, science bases that a lot of those jokes made sense to me or I got them. But I'm going to admit some of the physics ones I had to look up or I had to remind myself what, um, you know, what they were about. And they they put some pretty realistic experiments on that show. There's the there's a scene when Penny's in the lab with Leonard and he. He put he uh, he levitates that big ball with a giant electromagnet. Mm-hmm. I've seen an electromagnet that big. They do exist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and you don't want to be anywhere near one with like a belt buckle or an earring when it's turned on, you know. So, but I, it was interesting to be the catalyst for it. But I probably for a long time should have at least sat down and watched it. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite sitcom ever going to be my favorite sitcom ever. And God knows whether I'll catch up with the rest of the seasons. I think they're doing, are they done after season 10? Did they decide that 10, 10th season, that's it? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not certain. Yeah, I'm not either. I haven't, I haven't seen lately, but I, I think there's probably some members of the nerd gaming and tech community that have a legitimate gripe, but I think a lot of them, it's either cool to hate it or... Um, cool to hate it, or it's just too dead on the nose, <laughs> and so it pissed them off. Yeah. Um, so you talked about with your Netflix stuff, which had nothing to do with the Star Wars discussion. You said Arrow, and I don't remember the other one, but Arrow is the one I want your opinion on. Oh, you mean Archer? Did I say Arrow? Yeah, I, I said. Is Archer the Green Arrow one or the Green Arrow? No, no. Archer is the uh, the, the animated show, but the guy who's uh, oh, I've seen some of that. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Secret Service guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what was yeah. the other one you've been watching? Uh, Derek. Oh. And Derek is uh, okay. Is Ricky Gervais's show? Yeah, uh, that's where he plays a. I'll do it politically correct. Rather slow, simple gentleman, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. And 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 while that's part of the show, it's it it's not the thing that I, I get something out of. Like he he does, I mean, you know he, he, he like the the performance he gives for that is is fine. Again, I always use the word is it's fine. You know, he, you know you can tell that he's he's acting and and whatnot. But you know, it, I, I Derek is not a it's not a com it's a comedy, but it's not trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. It, you know the premise of the show is that you know Ricky Gervais is Derek and he's a, a slow, you know I don't I don't know if he's autistic or whatever he is, but he's you know he's he's you know he has some sort of a some sort of a of a of a you know, handicap if you will, but he you know he works in an old age home and in, and within this old age home, he is kind of like the he's so good and he's and he's pure in his in his thoughts and he and he and he wants. To make people happy, and he wants to help as much as he can. He's kind of like the light at, at, in the middle of this of this place that can be a real, you know, depressing and 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 quiet and 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 you know, still you know, like old age homes, you know, like you know, 
loneliness and 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 sadness can 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 be can be there of course and and he's kind of like at, at the center of of you know people's lives and and so what he does is not necessarily funny but you know he says some he says some funny things but, but like his his circle of friends who are also there are are pretty funny but what gets me about Derek is what it says about you know life what it says about how people treat you know the elderly how or how and, and how that reflects on themselves a bit like there was an episode that I watched uh, yesterday where you know this a woman and her husband would come to visit her mother in, in the old age home and you know under this pretense to come to visit her mother but but what she's really interested in is what she's going to get after her mother passes away and she's not afraid to talk about that like she's wearing this ring that's very fancy and expensive that her that her that her father gave to her to her mother um when they were you know this was this was the engagement ring and he bought it by selling his car back in you know this would have been like the 50s or the 40s right and and so but all she cared is that she was going to get that ring like she's like oh yeah mother that's my ring isn't it oh yeah it's my ring and uh you know and, and and that tied into another little love story side love story as well and and um you know it's got this kind of I, I tried to describe it to Roger today. It's kind of got this melancholy kind of feel to it. It's 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 funny and it's charming, but there's also this hint of sadness underneath it. That's or, or I don't know if it's realism or not, but it's a really good show. And, and so it's only got seven episodes per season, you know. But it's um, you know I th- I th- I think it's quite good. Yeah, I've I I just haven't gotten around to, to putting it in my Netflix list um gervais is one of those ones when i find what he's doing entertaining then i'm all in but there's a lot of times they either don't find him funny or entertaining uh and and i have to be able to separate that from his absolute (laughs) hate of religion you know i have not stopped following him on twitter but he kind of calmed down a little bit because he does a lot of funny stuff on Twitter when he's not yep. rag- raging against Christians, you know. And that's that's not Gervais's fault. That's my fault in that I think if you're going to put a label on yourself, put an la- accurate one. Otherwise, mm-hmm. just don't label yourself. You know, because I, I, I have some questions about modern atheism uh <laughs> Gleisenator's setup, by the way, folks, went completely kaput and he said it's the internet gods telling him not to procrastinate, which it very well could be. Uh oh either that or the uh, uh the university just shut down the internet <laughs> so everybody'd start working. <laughs> uh so we're glad he was here for a bit. But any but he's not gonna make it back, it doesn't look like. Anyway, I uh I I, I've seen some clips from that show, and and oh oh oh, context. Thank you, Roger. Since I think you and maybe Pat popping in and out are the only audience. Like, yeah, considering they're paying the top three actors, that'd be Jim Parsons, Kaylee Cuoco, and Johnny. Can't I can't even come close to pronouncing his last name. A million per episode. Uh, they may not stay in the black for many more seasons. 
They're, they're, they're earning friends money then. Oh, yeah. And I I got to say that I think I may have said on the show that I thought Kaylee Cuoco was kind of a dumbass. I've seen some interviews with her. It's just like, holy crap. Way to, way to, way to keep up the blonde stereotype. Um, I, I think that might be true to a certain extent, but I have a friend kind of like her. She plays dumb, but she ain't dumb. <laughs> I'm starting... The, the three of them, and the whole cast as a, as a whole, have some amazing comedic timing. Yeah. Uh, and Jim Parsons, people got pretty sick of him winning an Emmy over and over. I, I He deserved every last one of them. <laughs> uh, he did. It, it, it's amazing to be his acting, <laughs> playing that character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's quite good. I, I but anyways, back to Derek. But I I think it's one I do want to watch. And Gervais is one of those interesting ones, like Robin Williams, uh, like Billy Conley, who can do. Who I always had a feeling could do both. You know, he could, he could do the comedy, but then do serious as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, uh, I, I mean, as much as he gets on my nerves sometimes with the, with the social stuff, he is an amazing, amazing talent. Yeah. They, they had a good one. Huh? For sure. They picked a good one for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he, he's, he's got another, he's got another show that you might like that's on Netflix. Is it called an idiot abroad? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Idiot, idiot abroad is a great show. He, uh, I mean, Stephen Merchant is a funny motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merchant, Merchant, and Gervais send uh, their friend Carl to uh, all around around Europe and all the world, really, and uh, like a travel show, like to go to different places and experience it. And then when he gets there, you know, he doesn't even want to go. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He just couldn't be bothered. He'd rather just sit at home and you know eat beans or something, right? And he, he doesn't want to go. And when he gets there, he's totally like. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. I'm not eating that. <laughs> and when and they compare him to Michael Palin, who who would go around and and travel everywhere and try everything, and and he has, he has no time for anything, and and they make him do funny, you know, different challenges and stuff. Not challenges, but like we want you to go up here and 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 do a a, a bungee jump, and he has no time. No no way is he going to do a bungee jump at all. And he avoids it whatever he, whatever way he can. It's it's pretty good. I I I think the 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 IMDb page actually has it right. I'd swear up and down that no, it says written by Hugo. It's uh, Brit Carl Pilkington has led a sheltered life, not having done any traveling. He enjoys living within the comforts of what he knows. Basically, that is being what is purely British. As such, his friends Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant decide to send Carl to various parts of the world to experience unfamiliar cultures. Stephen believes that travel is a life-broadening venture and hopes that Carl will indeed feel like his life is enriched by these travels. Ricky, however, and this is where why I will ultimately always like Gervais, because this sounds like me if I had lots of money, hopes that Carl will hate every minute of his travels. For Ricky, this experiment <laughs> is the most expensive gag for his own pleasure that he could have conceived. And I do believe I've heard Gervais say that. In um, in interviews, that he essentially got them to buy into the show so that he could torture Pilkington. Tor- torture, yeah. 
<laughs> Stephen Merchant's pretty funny too. He's been in some other stuff. Um, let's let's drop back to Archer because I thought you meant is that called Arrow or Green? Is it? It's just called Arrow. That see, it's just, it's just called Arrow. Yeah. Have you seen any of that? Not at all. Uh, and and it's on it's on Netflix. Yeah, that I, one's uh, tempting I, me. Yeah, that one's that one looks kind of dark and gritty in the right way, unlike Gotham. That it's tempting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you fight Archer two over the top? Um. <laughs> well, no, it is over the top. I can't say that it's not, but it's. It, I'm at. I'm at the point where it's. It's part of the show. About you know, it's. Wh- how are they going to top the next thing? You know that they can possibly say like, that's totally out there or or rotten or whatever it might be. You know, like. It's it's something to come to expect with the show, rather than it being a bad thing for me. See, that's I I think that's my problem is that, and I've only watched maybe a dozen episodes, uh, dozen a dozen little episodes or maybe half dozen. I don't like that top it theory in life because eventually the gags are going to get so out of hand. That it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, I think South Park tried that for a while. And then they kind of reeled it into a more crafted humor. Yeah. Which, I, Archer's on Adult Swim where pretty much anything goes. You know, I, I don't know. Aqua Teen Hunger Force did that, did that a little bit too. But it seems like they've kind of toned it down and figured out a way. Um, you know. I I don't know. I I I I might have to give it a go again. Finding you, you kind of saw it as the flow of the show, and once you got into it, well into it, you were you were willing to accept. Yeah, it. that's what I was just about to say. Not not so much okay yeah. with it, but accepting of it. It was entertaining enough to accept that facet of the show. Yeah. What what the, the one thing about about it that I, I'm a little bit more concerned about is I don't want the characters to become unlikable. By virtue of the things they say and the things they do, like I'll give you a good example, like Seinfeld. Right. Seinfeld. Seinfeld was really good because the people were relatable. Like the characters were all like people you could know and and run into. And then the things that they started doing got a little bit too, too big, a little bit too, uh, over like you said, over the top. And and um, and and they started being kind of jerks all the time because you know to get themselves into these over the top situations, where I didn't you know I didn't I didn't come to dislike the people on the 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 cast on Seinfeld, but they weren't as 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 likable as they as they were in in the in the early seasons where it was really you know really hot right, and I, I don't want Archer to go that way as as well like, and it's almost getting to that point I find. Um, where some of them are, are becoming a little bit too jerky, but a little bit too, I don't know. See, I think why, why it worked for me in my head with Seinfeld was the fact that it was New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you say please and thank you when somebody shanks you. Um, you know, but uh, I don't know. The jerk quotient, the, the change in characters... It, I, I could see why it would bug somebody in Seinfeld. And yeah, the way Archer is presented, even though it's animated, you'd think that'd be harder with animated, but it's really not. No. 
because because really you're just adding voices to a to a to a set of animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Roger saying I hate Seinfeld refund refunds reruns, and I do and I don't. I you know. I guess it depends on the episode. If I if it's an episode that I know I really liked at the time, I may sit down and watch it. But if I'm channel surfing, but it's kind of yeah. it's kind of not aged super super well. Yeah, I I I the, the point in, in which Seinfeld the, the people started getting a little bit too to be jerks too much was right around the time when when George uh, joined the Yankees, and that was you know after that it started getting a little bit. It started the decline, I think. Well, and one of the, one of the things about the pre, about the uh, concept of a show about nothing, you know, or or just daily life presented through a lens of madness, is eventually you run out of nothing. And I know this because Jerry Seinfeld now does this series that you can go get, and I cannot think of the name of the damn website. Uh, That's the uh, the coffee with comedians. Or yeah, it's comedians and cars getting coffee, and he picks a car depending on the celebrity, you know, that he thinks makes it, and then he goes and because he's a car guy. Uh, and I think it was Letterman he was actually interviewing. Um, that you know, it was. He's like, eventually, you run out of nothing, and if you've ever seen interviews with Larry David or watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. David tends to go at a thousand miles an hour and, and you better just keep up. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that there were troubles in and amongst the cast and some other issues. And then David left the show, Larry David left the show. Um, and so Jerry Seinfeld and some of his comedy buddies were writing it more as time went on. I I think that's going to happen again, going back to the big bang theory. I'm surprised with three of the actors, three of the set, you know, making one million an episode, and then you have what? I guess three other main characters, essentially. Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't run into more issues with ego. You know, because those other, the other three people, the two girls, and I guess it's four, actually. Um... You know, the two actresses and two actors are pretty damn funny in their own right. They're not the selling point of the show for sure, but no, but you wouldn't do it without them. <clears throat> you wouldn't replace them with somebody else. You know, it's not a three's company situation. That's right. Um, but yeah, I don't. Maybe I'll have to give Archer another shot and see if the the over the topness wears in because it does have some funny lines in it. That, that of that, there's no doubt. Oh my god! And I mean. And it's so rapid fire sometimes on that show that you kind of sometimes you have to watch it twice just to, just to catch all the little things they say and the references, right? Yeah. So uh, did you? <laughs> this is actually another funny aspect we can bring up gaming. Maybe it'll be like the last thing we do tonight. Uh, did you buy anything on that ex- Steam Explorer sale? <laughs> um, I did buy one thing, and it was it was Papers Please for three bucks. Oh. You totally will get your money's worth the first time you play it. I go back and play that, install it, and play it every once in a while. It's like a monthly, almost like ritual. That game, 
is so simplistic. It's just, you know, it's just simplistic, but it, but it, it, it it's kind of like what you were talking about with Derek. It's simplistic, but it kind of tells a very human story. You know, it's, it's, it's odd. I had a hard time talking about it or, or getting my thoughts out on it when we, when I talked about it, when I bought it on Steam, I think the Christmas sale last year. Um, but it's, it, you know, you're playing the role of a border guard. It's kind of, it kind of, a, a, you know, passport checker or whatever. It's, it's, it, it kind of tells a, a very human story during the Cold War, I think. I might be reading a little too much into it. I just remembered something, though, because Pat and I, I accidentally sent Pat a message for you guys about the goat simulator thing. Mm-hmm. And so Pat and I got to talking about it, which caused me to bring up a, a fact or a, bring up a, a thought. I, I, I downloaded the goat simulator update, which I'd forgotten what we were, what we've been playing, which essentially puts the goat in an MMO. It is the best fucking MMO parody I think I've ever seen. You literally have a chat bar on the side of the screen that is scrolling through with some of the best memes and parodies and stereotypes of your standard, typical MMO. There are jokes about WoW in it. There are jokes about Diablo in it. There are jokes about Guild Wars in it. it but... Even if you're not an MMO player, it has all the ridiculous ragdoll physics of the regular goats, goat simulator. Mm-hmm. And so you can just have a blast trying to do quests. And maybe through pop culture, you know, uh, pop culture, what's the, what, uh, osmosis, <laughs> you know. You you will get enough of the jokes to make it even more worthwhile. Because there was a point, and I was talking to Agent K on WhatsApp when I was playing this. Uh, there's a point where I was going around and I was trying to do a quest and I hit the wrong... I had my uh, aiming reticle pointed at the wrong thing. And since you're a goat, you pick up things with your tongue. Right, and you could put them in your inventory. I was trying okay. to pick up apples. I had to pick up five apples, right? And the quest giver is standing like you don't even have to leave. The quest giver is standing in like the sea of apples. <laughs> I accidentally picked him up and put him in my bags. And so then I couldn't <laughs> help myself. I just was going around picking seeing how many people I could pick up and put in my inventory. I like cleaned out an entire village of NPCs and had them in my inventory. And it said like Steve and, 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 you know, so-and-so and so-and-so like just their name was in the inventory slot. And I mean, like, I'm thinking to myself, this was actually an MMO where other people had to get to the quest giver. You control them. I mean, it's not, it's still single player only, which is right. But it just, and my my thought process that I espoused to Patrick was, why don't we have more at least decently done stupid fun like this in video games? Mm-hmm. I I mean the two or three times I played it in the last couple of weeks, 
were to blow off steam when I was stressed. And it's just like 30-minute shots, just monkeying around with it. In, in like an MMO setting, and all the MMO jokes for me, somebody who actually who plays them, plays game MMOs, you know, I, I could see the hardcore, kind of the hardcore MMO fan, who's probably also a hardcore Star Wars fan, being offended, you know. But uh, I just, it we need more stupid fun like that. The problem is, I think, you have too many imitators then come out. Yeah. That then wreck it for everybody. Yeah. You see that for three or four bucks though, don't pass it up. It's it's and I think it's actually controller capable too. Is it I'm I'm not actually sure. I I just saw it there for three bucks and I know it had a couple of uh uh game of the year nods that I guess it was last year it came out. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was getting a lot of good buzz, and uh, you know I saw it, I saw it that cheap. It was the it was the only thing that I saw that I wanted. Um, I was at when I was buying the Skylanders. I was mentioned earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. I you went back to papers, please. I meant Goat Simulator is. Oh, Goat is, Simulator. I'm is, sorry. Yeah. Uh, controller probably controller enabled, and like I said, if you see it for three or four bucks, it's even if you just play it once, it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, continue on with papers, please. Oh, I was going to say, I, uh, I on an impulse buy, I picked up a Steam twenty dollar card and and brought it home and put my funds on, and then the and then the and then the uh, the sale started, and boy, there was nothing that I really wanted. It's kind of a sad state where I, I've got everything that I could ever need. <laughs> it would seem. You know how that was in pains. This is pathetic for me to say. The, that particular sale was it was just never ending like little blocks of games scrolling down mm-hmm. on Saturday I yep. looked at it there was not a pain I didn't have a game for <laughs> that said in in library in library in library that's like oh my god and then AJK bought me the island which I have played fully enough to talk about on Wonderpod uh <laughs> And it's like, well, and he got that for like five bucks on the Steam sale. I was thinking about buying it. Then I'm like, I got so many other damn survival games that I'm just not, I, I don't have time to figure out what this one's deal is. Um, thing about that one is there's actual honest to God co-op in it. You know, one of us doesn't have to make a server, or possibly do some port forwarding stuff. And then the other one joins it. It's actual, I think, run through the game co-op with with the forest. Okay. Um, so that I'll have to see if that, how that works. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I'm kind of curious now what the Christmas sale is going to be like, because I know for a fact my I I told my sister two years ago when they first started doing Steam cards, just every year, how much ever you want to donate to the cause, <laughs> mm-hmm. just give me a Steam gift card. I'm kind of wondering if at Christmas there's going to be anything. I, I don't know. If Shadow of Mordor gets down cheap enough... It might jump, it might jump on there. Yeah, I, that might jump on my cart. It's going to have to be pretty cheap, though, at this point. Because I have so much other stuff I'm playing. That one, that one, after reading a bunch of reviews and watching a couple uh, people talk about it on video... 
that one might might have to come home with me. So, anything else you got this week? Mm, not really. Um, uh, I did watch um, one more flex thing. I did watch Mick Foley, the wrestler's uh, movie that he he produced and starred in. Is a documentary about professional Santa Clauses in in the U.S. and it kind of shows what they do in the off season, if you will, and you know what kind of, what kind of lives they leave and stuff. The lives they lead. Oh, so he's and kind so, of the presenter. He was kind of doing his own Michael Moore thing, except without the made up research controversy. Yeah, well, he didn't. He didn't. I don't, I don't, he produced the movie. I don't think he directed it or anything. But he. Um, right, but he was the guy that kind of went out and talked to these Santas. Yeah. Well. I'm, uh, it's kind of a, he, his involvement in the story of the film, if you will, is that he is a lifelong Christmas fanatic and has always enjoyed right. Christmas. Right, I know that. Because I've read his books. Yeah, yeah, and and um, you know, this movie, uh, part of this movie is him kind of learning how to be a proper Santa and and being and uh, taking part as as Santa at at. Um, Santa's village in Long Island or wherever, wherever the heck it is. It's the place that he always takes his kids to every year, and he even admits that that him having more kids was definitely had a, had a major contribution to there being a reason for him to go back to Santa's village at Christmas time. <laughs> and, and anyway, so he so he you know he dons the the Santa suit and visits a visits a Santa uh, who's known as one of the best and you know get some tips and tricks and once he wants that feeling and it all stems from his, an experience he had when when there was a kid I, I, if i recall correctly he was a, a burn victim and he let this kid uh sit with him while he did a whole autograph signing and he was the kid's favorite wrestler because he because mankind wore a mask and this kid wore a mask as well that's part you know part of his for his treatment and and uh, you know, he said the look in this kid's eye maybe you know changed his life. You know, like he got involved in charity work. He wanted to give that feeling of of happiness and hope to people, and and uh, and Santa is a part of that. Now he's not the only. He's not the focus of the whole film. He's just a, he's just a, you know, if there's four Santas, he's just a quarter of the film, really. You know, the other four Santas. One is uh, a Santa. He in his real life, you know, he um, he lives with his daughter. He doesn't have a lot of money. He's Really dependent on social services, but this one, you know, this two-month job of the, of you know, contract he gets per year is a major part of his income, and he's a bit, you know, he's he's down on his luck and all that stuff, and you know, you follow what he what he does, and then there's another guy who's he he's he's gay and and he's a Santa, and he has a relationship with this fellow who who's you know, a long-distance relationship, and you know, he's he's nice kind of fella, and and uh, you know, his life, and then there's another Santa. Who who's uh you know he's this guy who uses Santa as kind of an escape from his doldrum life. He doesn't like he he's he designs ventilation systems for this uh, engineering firm, I believe, and you know it pays the bills, but he doesn't enjoy it. What he really enjoys is being Santa, and he even changed his name legally to Santa Claus, and you know he you know his story. But he he also has this great. He like he he wants to start up a barbecue restaurant chain or whatever it is he wants to do and you know it, it's just, it follows their lives and and it's uh it's a good it's a, it's a very good documentary um I enjoyed it a lot 
especially you know the, the Mick Foley part kind of hit me a little bit more because you know I've always been a big fan of Mick Foley, but you know the the fathers and kids and you know wanting something special for your kids and et cetera, et cetera, you know got me in the heartstrings a little bit too. Yeah, and he's talked about that enough. I could see how that film would be would be interesting. It may be one I I want to watch. I'm not going to say it's going to go high up on the list, but uh, but that's I, I'm not surprised because he talks about Santa's Village in his first book quite a. Mm-hmm. He talks about it quite a bit when he was a kid, and then he talks about it a number of times after that. Um, so I, I'm I'm not surprised, and given that he played. You know, he's always been in the good graces of the McMahons. I'm sure that the WWE film unit probably helped that along um, some, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been promoting this movie now for just about a year. He had this whole stunt where he's he, he would wear some piece of Santa Claus-themed clothing every day for a year. And I think, I think the year just came up. Yeah. Um... Quickly, super quickly. Yeah. We, you and I were talking pre-show about CM Punk showing up on Colt Cabana's podcast and blasting the McMahon family in WWE and accusing them of uh, a lot of medical malfeasance, I would say. And then mm-hmm. Chris Jericho having some things to say because when is Jericho never had anything to say? Uh, probably one of the few humans on the planet that likes to talk more than I do. How much of that do you think is Punk overstating it because he's always kind of been a half a bubble off? And how much of that is their legitimacy to it? Uh, you mean his, his claims about Yeah, medical... all of his complaints. The whole <laughs> litany of yeah. them. Well, I mean... I mean... As far as the money part goes, I, I know he, I know the man likes to get paid, and just like any wrestler does, or any person really, you know. Um, that you know, and that, and that, and some I think some of the annoyances like them being them promising him days off or the ability to do side projects and then taking you know pulling the rug out from underneath them and stuff. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if those are legitimate complaints. Um, the medical stuff, I mean, part again. They, they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets those phone calls like two days after surgery. When, when are you coming in to work? You know, but and but he does push him. You know, he pushes himself to you know beyond the limit. Um, then he probably should be taking a step back and really pushing. You know, if if, if they're calling up and you know, <clears throat> he had this he, he had this this uh, staff infection on his back uh, for the longest time and the, and the WWE doctors were just giving him antibiotics that made him feel like crap and stuff and not treating it. That, that was, that's the crux of his big complaint about that. Um, that he, you know, he, he, he could have died from a, from this infection that wasn't being cleared up. Uh, when they just thought it was like a fatty deposit on his back, that's what they kept telling him or, or a calcium buildup or something. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, <sighs> It's, it's it's difficult to say. Like I mean, he he de- he definitely feels wrong in that regard. Um, but then again, if he really, if he, you know if he had the regard for his own body, maybe he would have you know taken more on himself to get looked at, get a second opinion, 
before, you know, they got to the point where he had to quit the job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I, I think Punk probably has some legitimate gripes, and I know that because Vince McMahon apologized to him for terminating him on his wedding day. Well, P- Punk Punk retorted that that apology. I don't care what Punk had to say about it. <laughs> the fact that he got Vince to say anything. Yeah, it's on the that radar. Vince took the time when he's ignored so many other former worker complaints. Tells me that maybe Vince felt a twinge of guilt. My problem with Punk is I've always been fascinated by the guy's work. I've always been impressed by him to a large degree, but he's always struck me as very temperamental. And there have been rumors for eons of him jerking around uh, ROH before they ultimately went down in a pile of flames because the owner was a shitbag. Uh, jerking around TNA, he seemed like at times previously he was jerking around WWE a little bit. I, I I suspect that there's far more blame that could come home that should come home to roost on Punk's own shoulders mm-hmm. than there are on McMahon's. But I have no doubt that 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 you'll, you'll never you'll you'll never. Oh hear. no 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 no! I have no doubt that you'll never hear either side of it. I I, I think McMahon felt obligated enough to make an apology, and of course Punk had a retort for it. Dude's an excellent talker. And that's the thing. I wonder if if CM Punk the 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 kayfabe ever gets turned off. Yeah. You know, unless he's behind closed doors with his wife. That's my other problem with that to a certain extent. I I don't quite honestly if you were just looking to attack the WWE because he took on a couple workers, he should have just took on the one younger dude that he claimed hurt him. Uh, and left Jericho alone. Because if there's a better talker currently still going and doing things, Chris Jericho's probably right up there. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, Jericho knows how to run his mouth. Mm-hmm. And Punk's thing, too, that's the other thing about Punk, is Punk seems like, to me, and it, I'd noticed this first in TNA, when everything's going Punk's way and he's getting the kind of opponents he wants, he seems to be pretty happy, but his happiness seems to go away really quick when he has to do stuff that he doesn't like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which leads me, that's the only reason, Hey, the McMahons have been known as being fairly a rough businessman from Vince senior on forward uh, because it is ultimately a business and he didn't get it that big being, kind all the time but i've always kind of got the sense that vince will only nail you back if you nailed him too maybe vince started it (laughs) but if if you continue to you know poke and prod at vince he's gonna poke and prod at you and I, i i just i have more questions than answers i'm i was not shocked at all that punk waited the the probably specified amount of time he had to for legal reasons and then open fire yeah he did and and it's all very strategic if you look at the chain of events true he waited till the end of his 
his you know the, the legal uh, parameters before he before he talked about it. But it also happened to be two days before he opened his own t-shirt his t-shirt shop on prowrestlingtees.com, right? Oh right. Like he you know yeah and and granted he he um he he did he did say something that's true. He could have put this story on sold the story to a TMZ or he could have, he could have went to a lot of places I'm sure to sell the story and he he did you know give it away for free on on Cabana's thing. Um I, but 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 it's not it's not without it's not without a reason, not without a promotion in there like it's it's going to sell t-shirts like crazy. Yeah, but if I was going to really play Super Devil's Advocate, what's to say TMZ didn't tell him to go screw himself? We got plenty of stuff that we're digging up and pouring out, you know, in a in a bucket. Uh, yeah. well, the other, and then the, of course the other side of that is that I think TMZ has a pretty healthy relationship with WWE. As yeah, yeah, you don't shit where you sleep. TMZ mm. may not a. And 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 I I I honestly don't think that I I think that's something that I'll give Punk a little bit of credit for. But I, I honestly think in his mind it's just setting the record straight. Now the record's yeah. been set straight. I don't even think he gave a shit if it did any damage to the WWE overall. I think Punk's thing is I I'm straight edge. Now the record's been set straight. You know the truth, and I'm doing air quotes. Have a nice day. And yeah. no, I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I meant it as a legitimate, you know. He better be careful, though. He said he's done, done. I better not see his ass in any kind of ring again. Especially with oh, him. Yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone, if you read any of the wrestling sites, everyone loves to give their prediction on whether or not he'll be ba- ever be back or not. Yeah, but that's what they do. <laughs> of, co- of course, but like everyone has something different, right? You know, oh, he won't be back. But you never know. It's like it's always this half half asked. With his attitude and then going out and just verbally beating down your employer. Mm-hmm. No. I mean WWE has shown they will take back anybody. You know. Mm-hmm. Mania thirty five for a dump truck of money. The rock angle. You know, Punk, I can see, I can almost see Roger Punk saying no to that. If there's nothing more compelling than the dump truck of money. I yeah, I do I mean, see Punk as that kind of guy. Yeah, it would it would definitely be a pretty major return if he if he did. It'd be a pretty hot hot angle. I don't know. I could for once in, in their existence see them just he's so like i said touchy and temperamental i could see it being just too big a mess mm-hmm. oh yeah he'd have to be main event roger he would he wouldn't well, sign put him against no, put him yeah. against lesnar and let lesnar mma's ass yeah um, <laughs> see, see the thing is as long as i mean i, th- I think vince would 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 bring him back to the table but some of the things he said about Triple H and stuff—if if Triple H and Stephanie are in charge of the the company with without Vince at some point—I I, I think his chances would probably be a little bit slim. I Triple H Triple H has been able to iron out Vince's problems, but whether or not he'd be uh, you know with uh, with San Martino and and these kinds of guys for for returning to the Hall of Fame, but whether or not he you know he would uh, you know smooth over his own 
transgressions with someone he doesn't like? I <laughs> I, don't know. I would be surprised. Or let me put it to you this way. Because that statement was completely wrong. Let me Let me try that again. I think Triple H is more of a Vince style. It's a carnival. It's a circus. You know, the show must go on person behind the scenes than than we think. I think the biggest problem Hunter has, or Paul, if you'd like, is the person he played in front of the camera. You see what I you see what I'm saying? I, I don't know if he'll ever get a... And it didn't help he married the owner's daughter. I don't know if he'll ever get a fair shot at being judged legitimately no matter what happens from here on out. Because, yeah, I see it crop up in my Twitter feed of the few wrestling sources I still follow of, oh, Triple H is ruining the company this way. Oh, he's ruining the company this way. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's because well, he's I mean- Triple H. From my point of view, I don't think, in some ways, I don't, I don't think he's doing a bad job. If you watch that NXT show that that they have, the developmental uh, program, right. he, apparently, from what you, from what I've read, he's booking that show and deciding you know, who's moving up and who's moving down and who's, you know, pushing, you know, signing the people who were who were on that show, like the top talents and stuff. And he's got a good eye, and the show is better booked. It's, it's it's the best it's the best one hour of wrestling that WWE puts out, you know, every week, right? And um, easily, easily the best one hour of TV. And and uh, you know, again, apparently he's the force behind it. So you know, if if he can take that and 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 aim it toward Raw, you know, maybe Raw yeah, and, and without without being second guessed by by Vinny. He might maybe he could do some good stuff on that show. I don't. I, I think it's not Vince that's got to go. It's guys like that Michael. Uh, oh, long-haired bastard! He is a dumbass. Michael yeah. Hayes. Hayes. Hayes is a politics boy, and I am stunned he's lasted as long as he has with the WWE. Uh, there are a lot of in-betweens like him that would like to do nothing more than keep their little place perched on Vince's shoulder and so would just try and fucking deep six trips. Hayes is a very... I, I've seen enough interviews with people. Hayes is a very vindictive, it's got to be done a certain way, jackass. There's some people on the booking committee that really need to go before that company's going to get better. As far as booking goes, I've, you're about the fourth or fifth person told me I should uh, undying love for wrestling these days. I should give NXT a look. And that's not surprising because you listen to Triple H talk about other wrestlers in documentaries and talk about talent in general. He likes that side of it. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I think he is pretty to, to, good at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's one of the he's still an old school fellow who 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 can who still considers it pro wrestling right not not the sports entertainment 100 percent, right well and and that's the thing with you know if if triple h is in fact like that uh i know damn good well michael hayes is giving them the basics on top of natural charisma is a good thing that's what made the rock the rock he Mm. went and learned the old school way and then his character and persona was born after that, you know, because his dad was Rocky Johnson. 
And his dad basically said, you need to learn it a certain way. <laughs> and he did. You know. Uh, yeah. Wrestling's fun stuff, but it's... It's, again, it's a lot, actually, to, to, to put a bow on this whole entire episode. It's a lot like the sales numbers that we get in gaming. You're never going to get the full information, so you never have a full picture of what no. goes on behind that stage. No, you, you know, you, you, you have no idea. I mean, everyone gets these glimpses and this, you know, the, the smart marks who know, <laughs> who know it all, you know, it's, it, it's, you don't like, it's, it's like any business. You don't know, you don't know that what goes on there unless you're behind the doors involved in it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So next week, next week is our last show for the year. It's going to be live like this one. We're just going to do another Mixlr episode. Uh, and it will be, uh, basically year in review. We'll call it that. We were discussing pre-show. We don't know if we're going to have any kind of, uh, you know, game of the years or anything like that. Uh, none of us are completely convinced we played anything. <laughs> it's game of the year nomination worthy. Uh, but you know, We'll, we'll we'll figure it out when we get to that point. But for now, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we have a bunch of different ways to do that. Uh, Facebook, we got a Facebook. It's WonderPod Online, all one word, WonderPod Online. Or there might be a dash in there. Just search it. Trust me, we're there. I'm pretty sure we're the only Facebook like that. Shoot us a friend request. We'll accept. Uh, we have a website. It's WonderPodOnline.com. WonderPodOnline.com. Right now, there's mostly the podcast and Pat's uh, Halo playthrough videos on there. But when I post this podcast there, there is an embedded player. So if you're at work, want to listen to it on a browser rather than download an MP3, just go to wonderpodonline.com. You can do that. Uh, we are on iTunes like everybody else and her mother. Check out the fancy new logo that Glacinator uh, created for us. It's awesome. If you don't like iTunes, we're on archive.org. Um, we have a Twitter account. It's at wonderpodonline. All in word, at wonderpodonline. We have a butt ton of YouTube channels. Chris, has, Chris Lloyd has one. Uh, Olivia has one. It's Olivia made this. I've got one. It's under my stupid name. You'll figure it out. Uh, Wonderpot Online's got one. Three Six Wee. Bunch of YouTube channels. Go give our videos a view. Uh, few. I'm sure you'll find something entertaining in there. If not, let's see. I did Twitter. I did that. If none of that works for you, we got an email address. It's at, <clears throat> it's Wonderpod at WonderpodOnline.com. Wonderpod at WonderpodOnline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at or. O-R-I-G-I-M or you can follow John on Twitter at John Kehoe J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E until episode 236 the last one of the year we are out of here see you people cheers <laughs>